everybody, welcome. Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of Surfing Sales. I'm Scott Lease here with my good friend Richard Harris. Today is a special edition of the podcast. No guests today, just Richard and I. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to spend some time talking about Kobe Bryant and the legacy that he leaves behind and the impact <clears throat> that it's, it's had on so many of us um, and kind of tie it into, you know, it's Super Bowl week and we were just chatting offline about how Roger Federer came back in his tennis match at the Australian Open last night and just like the mentality and the inspiration that sports, um, you know, provides for us and teaches us and things like that. Um, so, you know, I don't know about, about you, Richard, but, um, you know, I, I've been a Laker hater my whole entire life growing up in, in Northern California, you know, and certainly the, <clears throat> the early part of Kobe Bryant's career in particular, you know, he was beating up on the Sacramento Kings and, you know, just talking about how he was going to be better than Michael Jordan, who was like my idol as I was growing up. And, you know, I didn't I didn't think too highly of him at all. I mean, I respected the hell of him as a basketball player in his game, but I've been very surprised by how hard this is hitting me and, and affecting me. I don't know. Have, have you been experiencing the same thing or no? Yeah, I, I experienced it at a different level. You know, I'm I'm not a huge basketball fan. I grew up in Georgia. You know, you know, my my recollection of the NBA as a kid is, you know, Dominique Wilkins right, and him bending over and pumping up his Reebok shoes during the slam dunk contest. Um, and then uh, ended up going to college with a bunch of people from Chicago, so I started to pay attention to Michael Jordan and the Bulls is almost like you couldn't. Um, so I've been much more of a fair weather NBA fan, and, and the things that have come to me in the, in, in the last few days are, one, the guy's young, dude. You know, yeah, like, he's, obviously he's younger 40, than me. 41. Yeah. 41. Um, you know, leaving behind kids and a wife and thinking about how hard he competes, not only at sports, but even in life, you know, even the incident that he, that he did have off the court, the fact that he and his wife could reconcile that, um, you know, who knows what goes on behind closed doors and if it was a good reconciliation or something else, but the fact that they could do that is impressive. And I think that speaks not only to his spirit, but also to his wife. And um, so I, I've been thinking about it from like this. Yeah, he's an athlete with this amazing legacy, but then he also has this really strong partner um, who supports him. And, you know, sadly, sadly, you know, till death do us part, good and bad, right? And so okay. I've been taking sort of that, that approach to thinking about it. Um, obviously, dude, the guy's a tremendous basketball player. Yes, I know who he is. Yes, I've watched him. I've never been a Laker hater. I've always sort of, I mean, now I'm a Warriors fan after living here for 10 years and, and sort of the, you know, what's going on, but I've certainly grown to appreciate basketball on a whole other level and I can recognize good sports and I can recognize those things. So it's, you know, I don't think I'm nearly as competitive as you, Scott, <laughs> like you, you know, for those who don't know, Scott's a, a, a D one two time at two scholarship athlete of tennis and soccer. So I think Scott's wired at that athletic level differently than I am. Whereas I'm much more of a, a casual fan and, a, and just enjoy it and I get competitive, but not to that degree. So um, that, that's really where my head has been is really around this emotional uh, yeah. family side of it, as opposed to the sports side of it. 
but I've, I absolutely respect the sports side of it. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've been really thinking about it in terms of, um, terms of a redemption story in a way, which yeah. I don't know if I'm uniquely thinking about it that way or everybody else is thinking about that way or not, but it's not a redemption in terms of like, you know, this guy had this, you know, catastrophic fall from grace or like came back from, you know, drug or alcohol abuse or something like that. Like he was always one of, if not the best players, you know, of all time. Like you yep. just knew that right away, but I, more of a redemption just in terms of the the man that he kind of became, you know. Um, I wrote about this earlier this right. week, but, um, you know, he was called cocky, arrogant, selfish, terrible teammate, terrible leader all throughout the early part of his career, you know, and made mistakes um, in his personal life. But it, it, it seems like he just completely turned things around and grew from those mistakes and learned from it, you know, and the latter part of his career was, you know, a much better teammate, one God knows how many, you know, broke how many records and won five titles and, you know, just started mentoring some of the kids on, on the Lakers and in the NBA, you know, just in general. Um, and then in his post basketball life, like he was, huge entrepreneur he had his hands in like all sorts of you know different media things he wanted to you know he produced like a movie that won a academy award i don't know if you yep. know that. the one about his basketball story yeah 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 and you know it was like active and coaching his his daughter's sports teams and stuff like that it's just like you know here's somebody that sacrificed everything to be the best of all time you know and now it's just like was giving back and doing things differently. And like, it just, it hit home for me in some ways, you know, I spent, Oh, the first six years or so that I was in, in Austin, like flying around the country, gone 50 to, you know, 75% of the time sometimes. And at the very least, like one week a month. And, you know, I, I it's hard to say that I regret doing that because of what it, what it meant for my, career and where where we're at like as a family but I miss so much time with my kids I would I would never do that again yeah. you know um and then you know he, he's he's my age right and and my my son is 12 his daughter's 13 like it just really affected me I, I can't remember I think uh <clears throat> Max from Outreach said that you know this feels like the most unifying um you know, tragedy since Princess Diana. You remember Princess Diana? Yeah, I remember that day. Yeah, that day? yeah it's just a, <clears throat> it's just interesting to see how how it's it's hitting everybody so hard and how many life lessons are in there, mm -hmm. um, things like that. You know, what's interesting too, because I I always saw him as, <clears throat> you know, now I wouldn't say always. I think now I see him as he was sort of this this transition player in the sense of he was transitioning us from the Jordan era to the LeBron James era, right? Sort of, he was right in the middle of these two great people and holding his own, right? Like, not like, oh, he just sort of happens to be holding the, the that piece, but he was really that consistent player who who helped us get through that. And so I think a lot of people, for me, that's what I, that's a place that I see him in his legacy, which which does sort of lead us to legacy, right? And And what does it mean for, 
us as humans to have a legacy, right? Not just because you're a sports person, you get to have a legacy. You get to have one. I get to have one. Every person who listens to this has a legacy, right? And how do we even start to interpret that in ourselves? Um, you know, even no matter what your age is, right? Like no matter whether you're in your twenties, thirties, forties or older, how do you, how and when do you start to lay that groundwork? Well, I, th I think most people don't think about it until they're, you know, middle age or in the, in the golden years, you know, right. and tragedies like this remind us that, you know, no, no day is, is, is promised to us and your, your legacy, you know, the story could be written today, yeah. right? You could be 20 something years old and that could be it. And that's your, your legacy. So we, we really should be, you know, more mindful every single day in terms of the, the potential legacy and the story that we're, we're writing for, for ourselves. You right. Know? Right. Like, I think that, you know, I think someone said this to me once and I, I love this, which is, you know, president's club doesn't go on your tombstone. Right. Like I, you know, it's possible, you know, if you're Kobe, you might get, you know, five time world champion or MVP, but you know, but I, I would think that even then that doesn't go on his tombstone. It's more about loving father community member husband you know that's what goes on our that's what our legacy is right and if you want to work backwards from there much like we do in sales what do those things mean right and and it's you know it's not always easy to be uh, a great husband or spouse or wife or significant other right so we we all have our challenges in those parts of the world right um Sometimes it's hard to be a good son or daughter um, or a good mother or father. Like it's, you know, so, so the goal is that we keep trying, right? Like I think for me, I really started paying attention to this a long time ago. Um, and it wasn't even about my legacy it was that I just wasn't a happy person. We've talked about this before and you know, I started doing my therapy and doing all these things. And then even a few years ago, I took a whole other twist and a whole other turn by starting this meditation that I do and just doing 10 minutes of meditation really has helped me think about, well, who am I doing this for, right? I'm not doing this meditation just for me. I'm doing it because I know it makes my family better and my wife better and all these things. And, you know, those are the things that I want, you know, my wife to know is that I'm, I'm working hard always, um, not always right, but I'm working hard. And, um, you know, there are times I miss stuff like you do. I travel a lot, I miss a lot. On the other hand, I'm, when I am around though, I am around a lot. So I see it a little bit differently. Um, uh, but you know, everybody's got their own, their own view on it. Uh, you know, I want, I want to ask you sort of, you know, you grew up playing tons of sports, right. Um, and then you started to specialize, right. You specialized in tennis and soccer, correct? Yeah. Yeah. What ages did you start to go, okay, I'm going to do these. Well, it wasn't until, it wasn't until high school and it was kind of forced upon me to be honest with you because, um, you know, you start to, you, I started to think about like, well, how can I get college paid for? <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, it started to be kind of less about which one do I maybe like most and which one am I better at, you know? And so, you know, sports like baseball fell off and, and basketball fell off. It's like, I'm really good at, at tennis and I was pretty damn good at, at soccer. And, and so, I, you know, you, you know, there's only so many hours in the day. It's like those, those things had to kind of 
drop off and get cut. And then, you know, while in college, I started to realize, you know, tennis is so much more of an individual sport and soccer is just such a total team game. And, and I, I love the, the team aspect, you know, more than anything, even though, you know, in college, like you have a tennis team and there's a tight knit group of, you know, eight or 10 guys. Um, it's just different because when you're out there playing, like it's me against you, it's one-on-one. Right. Um, and so I, I, I just gravitated more towards the, the team thing, the older that I, you know, got and the more advanced I, I got in my athletic career. Yeah. But, but this is, this goes back to earlier in your life. And I don't think you looked at it this way, so I'll put words in your mouth and you can tell me if I'm wrong is that you didn't know you were creating quote unquote, your legacy, but you did know that there was something to be said for dedication, hard work, uh, being a good team player. Right. You did. I absolutely was not thinking about any kind of les- legacy or, or of impact or, or anything like that. No, no way. I was not some sort of e- over evolved human being right. whatsoever. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I got work ethic from there. Like, look, I, I grew up, you know, in Chico, California, which is two and a half hours south of the Oregon border. Right. Um, I went to the same high school as Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of Green Bay Packers. Aaron has like famously, you know, talked about how part of his motivation was that nobody recruited north of Sacramento. And so Sacramento is 90 miles south of where Chico is. So athletes north of Sacramento just kind of got written off and ignored a little bit. And so what kind of, how does that, how does that affect some of us? Well, you know, you get a little bit of a chip on, on your shoulder, if not a big chip on your shoulder. And you, you have to think, at least to me, I had to think a little bit more strategically, like, how do I, how do I get out of here to go do, you know, some of the things that I love to do? And, and I, I'm at a disadvantage, like I'm not at some famous high school or some, you know, well-known city. So you're not at De La Salle. Right, exactly. How do I, so how do I win? How do I get out of that? Well, you outwork everybody, you know, that's one, that's one thing. I mean, I had some kind of practice seven days a week, if, if not games, you know, traveling hour and a half, two and a half hours, three hours, you know, back and forth every single weekend. Uh, I'd go from one practice change in the car and go to the next practice, you know, and you're still doing schoolwork and, and, you know, making time for your social life and things. I mean, I was late massively late to my prom because true story i don't think i've ever told you this story. no i don't know this one anyway yeah i was massively late to my senior prom um because it was the same exact day as like our northern california like sectional tennis championships and um my my doubles partner and i were in the final <clears throat> and i was trying to win for the fourth year in a row which i like never been done. Right. And I had this freshman partner and, you know, truth be told, like he kind of buckled under the, under the pressure of the, the moment. And, and we ended up losing super close match, ended up losing. And I wanted nothing to fucking do with my prom that night. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I knew I was going to get shit for like 
being late as it was and you know but you i this is just some small sacrifice is my point right you're, you're putting in all this all this work and everything but it's funny because it, it these are the moments that if you stop and for people who are listening scott's not consciously talking about his legacy he wasn't thinking about it then but it laid a lot of groundwork for it right like i know you well enough to know that you are one of the hardest working people i know and you're a good friend and you work hard even at friendships and relationships and that's part of your legacy and that comes i think from certainly some soul searching as you grow but some point early in your career you had to figure it out or early in your life you had to put a work ethic in and, and you've got that which which this is a really good transition because we're we're going to go from your tennis story to the tennis story last night yeah um and you know if you're paying attention to the australian open just stop listening because um you're not going to want to hear this but um you know my wife and i kathy were were sort of hanging out in bed and you know my wife you know sometimes she'll just sort of doze off a little bit and she's like here go find something on tv and i was like oh wait a minute the australian opens on and so we decided to put that on and we're just watching roger not be roger right he was just missing these really easy shots um and he was struggling and struggling i know at one point he had to call a medical timeout uh, which i didn't even know you could do in tennis right um and and maybe scott you can even explain what that is in a minute but he was able to just stay focused work hard even though his body was wanting to quit on him and he ended up coming back and winning last night and no matter how old he is or how long he goes he's going to compete to the end right he's like a jimmy connors like he's starting to hit that moment of you know just one more come on roger one more give us one more right and um and again i don't think i don't think he wants his you know I think he wants to have a tennis legacy of being the greatest, but I think still even off the court, you know, he still just wants to be known as a good human. Right. Yeah. And I think that, that's really important. So, um, well, his, his, his mind is still, still 23 years old. It isn't yours. Isn't <laughs> oh, yours. Of course. Right. Of, of course. You know, he, he, his body might be starting to give out a little bit, but mentally he's just not going to succumb. He's not, it's not even about quitting. It's, it's like, I can't win the way that I normally win. It's not mm -hmm. going to happen today. Mm -hmm. So I got to find a different way to win. Yep. Whatever, that, whatever, whatever that, that means, you know, um, I know, for example, I read about this. I mean, he, he dropped his service miles per hour, like how hard he was serving. He dropped it 10 miles per hour on average during two of the sets because he was hurting and kind of conserving energy a little bit right and just scrapping and trying to stay alive he saved seven match points right and you know it's interesting I, on some level i feel bad for the the young american that you know ended up losing this particular match but like it's actually really hard sometimes to play against somebody who's not at their best you think like, oh, this is a this is a big advantage. Like, I'm playing against, you know, Roger Federer, and he's got a growing injury, and he's tired, and all this kind of stuff. And you can see somebody kind of hobbling, and and more pressure comes on you. It's like, well, I better not lose this match. Like, th this guy's hurt and suffering. This is my shot. Right, and so now all of a sudden you feel more pressure. So 
as somebody who's, you know, battling and struggling, man, sometimes if you just keep fighting, it screws up your opponent. Yep. It screws up your opponent and it shifts the pressure. And they're like, dude, nothing is going to put this person down. Right. And that's, that's tough. It's tough to defeat somebody who's not going not gonna to lay down, not going to give up, even if they're, even if they're you know, in, in, in pain in, in, in that kind of it, it, thing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch this back on the business side, right? And because uh, I've seen you go through this, right? I've seen you be up against the wall um, you know, by businesses. And this is, this is not to criticize a business, right? A business has got to do what they need to do. And as head of sales, we're the ones who take the most pressure, right? One, because we put it on ourselves. We have our team that we're worried about. And everybody else wants to look at us because we're the easiest thing to measure, right? Uh, yeah. We're the easiest thing to measure and the first thing to blame. Um, and I've seen you do this. I've seen you, because we've talked about it, like, I don't know, you know, hopefully you'll go into this conversation. I remember one time, several employers ago, you were like struggling and you had to go into the board meeting and you wanted to, you know, politely, uh, not necessarily defend yourself, but create some reality. Right. I don't know if you remember this story or not. Um, yeah, I think I know where you're going. And, and, you know, you and I were talking offline, well, what do you do and how do you do this? And we were, you know, we were both very conscious. Look, we can't just blame marketing and can't just blame, like at some point, you know, the buck does stop, stop with us in sales and we get it, but you were able to finagle this, not even finagle, you were able to speak the truth around, yes, I'm struggling, but here are the things that are, are a challenge. You know, I'll accept my responsibility, but when A and B and C don't work, and I'm D because I'm the last, you know, I'm the revenue road, you know, how else do I adjust? Right. Like, you know, how, can you explain that story a little bit without bashing anybody? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we, we were having a down, down month, down quarter, down season. And exactly remember what time of year it was or anything like that. And, you know, you, you certainly don't want to be, an excuse factory. You don't want to blame, you know, other people, you know, everybody wants to be an extreme owner, right. All this kind of thing. But th there are certain realities that um, exist. And sometimes the, the chips are just really stacked up against you. And I'm just, I'm not the type of person who is, is able to not speak up and out about some of these things and, and defend my team and, and myself. So, you know, I said, I tried to own it and I said, you're absolutely right. All these things are, you know, ultimately my responsibility and my fault. Here are some of the things that are proving to be challenging for us. And here's some of the areas where I need help. And, you know, I, can't remember the exact you know words or slides I used or whatever but framing it that particular way in this in this case you know worked and and kind of opened the board's eyes a little bit that you know um, maybe it's not all this department's fault this team's fault or this guy's fault maybe maybe you know Scott is speaking the truth uh, 
you know, a little bit. And, you know, for, for, for me, I do think about my legacy now. I think I started thinking about it, you know, um, during my, during my illness when I didn't know if I was going to make it or what I, what kind of condition I'd be when I came out the other side. Um, and for me, you know, my, my legacy now is just, I, th I think it is at least is how many people can I, can I impact and, and help? Um, how many people can I kind of lift up? Right. And I, I see my team and I did then and I would now if I had team still, but I see them as my responsibility. And I have a problem when people try to come down on, on my team, my people, my teammates. And so I, I go to bat for them a little bit and try to try to defend them, you know, because um, I didn't feel like they deserve all of the, the blame and responsibility there. And, and so, you know, I, I would hope, I would hope that a lot of people, um, you know, as part of the legacy that they want to leave, I would hope that people want to be remembered as somebody who spoke up and out about things, who defended their colleagues and teammates and friends and family members and whatnot. And, um, you know, it's like, I, yeah, I know that that person, like they totally went to bat for, for me. Right. Or their mindset, like this person's mindset is the thing that I'll remember about them the most. No single act. Right. Just man, this person went through this, that, and the other still came out the other side, man, this person, outworked everybody this person was more focused than anybody i ever met this person was more competitive this person was more kind this person somehow always found 30 minutes to give me and everybody else it's it's those types of those types of of memories and thoughts that um you know at least for me like that's part of why i do what i do and and you know try to be who I am and a better version of who I am, you know, every day. Yeah. I, th I think that the only thing I would add to that, um, and this speaks to me and you know, what I've gone through, right. Is that, um, just understanding that vulnerability. Like I, I, I want people to be able to say, gosh, Richard worked hard. He did his thing, but man, he wasn't perfect and he owned it and he talked about it. And, you know, I 100% want people to be successful and touch people the way you have. And, and we've each gotten very nice accolades um, from different people who we've never even met, but maybe just online, they appreciate it. And, uh, and for me, it's, it's been encouraging when I talk about things like my depression and how it became a superpower and those things when you know, I've got six or probably, probably about a dozen people who I've never met who literally just read the story that I wrote on, on Uncrushed or LinkedIn and or my blog. And, uh, and it literally, they literally said, I read your story and I went to go get help. Right. Yeah. That's, that, 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 this is absolutely going to be part of your legacy. You're giving voice to things that, you know, all of us deal with on some level or another, yeah. but yeah. have been, you know, too, too afraid or too scared to, to talk about. And yep. so you're, you're empowering people who feel powerless. Yep. And, and that is a tremendous legacy, yeah. right? And a tremendous also, example for other people to. Yeah. And I also want to make sure, you know, too, is that, you know, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the depressed, the guy who talks about depression all the time. Like I want to, I want people to be able to say, 
this guy is good at sales. He knows what he's doing. He's happy to help. He's happy to teach. Oh, and he's got some real life shit he's got to deal with too. And he's happy to talk about that. <laughs> like it's sort of, they go together for me, uh, which I think is sort of the same for you is that you, you encourage and empower people to, to do better and be better, but you also recognize the human aspect of all this. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a, an interesting, interesting thought process the last few days for a lot of people. And, um, yeah. I, feel, I feel very grateful that you and I started doing this podcast. Cause now all of a sudden we're like, Oh, you know, we actually had a guest cancel on us. We're like, well, shit, we, you know, we got, well, I should say reschedule, not cancel, but we got some time. Why don't we talk about something? What should we talk about? Well, it's like, yeah. well, let's talk about two things that literally happened this week and we're going to drop this in a couple hours so yeah. that people can make it. And, you know, it's, and, it's, and it's, and it's Super Bowl week and, and you, you talk about, you know, everybody, everybody who's associated with, you know, the 49ers or the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, like they're all thinking about their legacy too. You know, right. you, you've got you got a guy like Richard Sherman, who everybody wrote off and said was uh, you know too old or would never come back from his Achilles injury, or is completely misunderstood and people think that he's you know brash, arrogant, and a shitty person. This guy is like up for NFL Man of the Year all the time. Does a tremendous community work. He's supremely intelligent. And you got a coach of Kansas City, Andy Reid, who's been coaching for God knows how long. I feel like since I was a kid. Oh, my God. You know, and and been super successful everywhere he's gone, but has never won the Super Bowl. And now he's back. You got all these people who, you know, are going to pour everything into, you know, this week and preparation and and the game on, on Sunday because they want part of their legacy to be, you know, champion. And be yep. the best, best of the best of the best, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a tough week for for everybody, and you know, it's just interesting how how sports is at least for us is really kind of front and center this particular week, and and has has got us reflecting on the mentality and the drive and the work ethic and legacy and all of these things are so relevant to salespeople and, and, and leaders out there. Um, it's been a powerful, powerful week and I hope everybody is able to take some time and, and reflect on what these things mean to them in their life. Totally agree. And I, I would even say it goes, this, this is one of those moments where it actually goes beyond sales, right? Yeah. So if you, if you know someone who, uh, works hard and does the right thing or is struggling to do the right thing. Um, you know, please, you know, obviously we want people to recommend our podcast, but just this one episode, we hope we can sort of get some thoughts going in people's heads and let them know that, you know, it really all starts today, right? Like you don't have to worry about what happened yesterday, last week, last month, last quarter, last year, even the last decade, right? It's January, 2020, and you can make a small change, right? Maybe, you know, I'm, you know, before we wrap it up, I'll, I'll tell this one story. We, my wife, you know, uh, you know, Ellen DeGeneres had went on her show and she talked about what Kobe meant and, and, and she said what, you know, what we all hear, which is, you know, tell people you love them cause you don't know when. And so my wife, you know, got both the boys to come into the room and she just looked at him real sweet and said, come give me a hug. And I just want you to know how much I love you. And, um, and they were kind of like, what are you guys doing? 
you know, but, but you know, that's, that's, you know, that's okay. That's as a parent, you want to do that. And then we said, well, why do you think we're, this is really cool. Cause we do this with our kids. What makes you think we're doing this? And Bodie was too young to get it. Uh, he's nine, but Riley's like, is this cause of the Kobe thing? And we're like, yeah, it's the Kobe thing. He's like, Oh, okay. And so he was able to connect the dots that, that these little moments matter. And, and I think that's, my hope is that people are taking some time out to who are listening to this and remember some of those little moments because those little moments mean a lot. Yeah. So, um, Scott, uh, always fun, you know, as we know, um, good luck to the 49ers. I'm glad you're representing well today. As you think about your legacy, that almost looks like a legacy t-shirt. How long have you had that t-shirt or did you just buy the weathered look? No, no, no. You know that I am not stylish enough to know how to buy a weathered t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> And I'm way too embarrassed to talk about how old this t-shirt is. I was going to say. But I'm proud of the fact that it still fits. Right. Where's your Montana <laughs> jersey, dude? Um, I got a Jerry Rice jersey just waiting for, uh, for Sunday. For Sunday? Okay. Hey, brother, it's always fun. If I haven't said it lately, I love you. You're a great you, man. And a, a good mentor and all those kinds of things. So right, We'll be back again soon, everybody. <laughs>